Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to Episode 83, The Great Reset, Part 2. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello, welcome back to Bible Mysteries, the podcast that tells you the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. I'm Scott Mitchell, and I'm here with... Zena. and are you guys ready to swallow the red pill? It is good to have you with us again today, Zena. Thank you for having me, as always. Yeah, we're kinda, we kind of started to swallow a red pill last week, didn't we? We did, talking about the Great Reset. Yeah, and the, the gene editing and the Fourth yeah. Industrial Revolution. Yeah. So we compared a lot of that to the Tower of Babel. And sure. how it's, you know, like as we said, nothing new under the sun, like you mentioned mm-hmm. last week. So uh, I, it, to me, looks like it's just another version of the same thing. Yes. They're attempting to bring about a global, unified defiance against God. And since we know there's an Antichrist coming and his government, government is going to be the one that defies God, it just seems like this is setting the stage for that, you know. Definitely setting the tone. It certainly looks like a good thing on the surface. Hey, if we can all get solve our problems and get together and have sustainability and stop using fossil fuels and all that. But then when you look at the agenda behind it, things like gene editing and artificial Yeah, that's what definitely makes me like, eh, everything has sounded like, you know, it's it's like if you go on a cruise and they're like, all inclusive, just don't open this door. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, we're going to open those doors. <laughs> So we're going to see what we can find. And and we ended last episode with um, comparing the Tower of Babel, which was Babylon, yes, to Mystery Babylon, the future. Mm-hmm. And there's a city, and uh, while people might disagree with us on that, I think that it's apostate Jerusalem, which will become a financial center and a rebuilt temple. But what we last saw was that she's typified as a woman in Revelation, and she was drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. So there's going to be a great persecution, excuse me, and violent world, at least for some. Uh, and actually, it's going to be very violent all, all around when the wrath of God begins to fall. But the aim to bring about this one world government, and I'm going to call it the Great Reset. That seems to be what the aim is right now with Klaus Schwab and his WEF buddies and the Davos crowd is to uh, eliminate the people that are not on board. Okay. And the people that are not going to be on board are for sure Christians that can see the uh, laying the foundation for the Antichrist in his government. So uh, they're going to be resistant and they're going to be exterminated. So that what's that's what seems to be coming. Now, once again, a, a giant persecution, or I shouldn't want to use the word giant, a, a large mass of a scale persecution or elimination of people. I think that's been going on already right now through um, whatever just happened in the last two years, uh, through wars and the current war that's going on. I mean, this, not to pick sides because I don't care. I mean, it's not that I don't care about the people involved. It's just that... There's politics involved, and they're not telling us the reason why Russia invaded Ukraine. What they're telling us is a lie, but I don't believe Putin is more honorable than Zelensky. Yeah. I just think that we don't know the truth about him. But whatever it is could be ended today if one side would agree to the other's terms. Right or wrong, it would stop bloodshed. Yeah, or if they could, like, you know, meet in the middle and compromise. But you've got two big... Knuckleheads 
going at each other are two men who want to be seen as the more dominant one. You're never going to get to the end. And on the surface, that's exactly what it appears like, you know, and and I think that's true. They're men and they have feelings and they they want to be the one that's on top. But they're also being manipulated by other forces. Yeah. And uh, in my opinion, on the one hand, um, Ukraine is being manipulated by the current empire, the U.S. hegemony and NATO. And I believe personally, and you know, this we're not really talking about politics on the podcast necessarily, but I personally think that this empire is about to go down and be replaced by another. Yeah. That, you know, as just as angels were over countries and empires in the past, like the Prince of Grecia, the Prince of Persia, and the Book of Daniel, well, there's a Prince of America, a fallen satanic angel that's manipulating this empire, just like one did for the Empire of Spain and the Roman Empire and the Empire of the UK and whatever. Uh, and uh, I don't know who's going to be the next one. I don't know if it's a Russian-Chinese conglomerate, but there's going to be another hegemony, Yeah. whoever it is, whoever comes out on top. And they're going to be just as bad, ultimately. They might start off seeming to be better, I don't know, but uh, ultimately Satan's going to manipulate that one too. It's always going to be that way until the Lord comes back. So there's no winners. You know, there's no winners here. And uh, uh, But if if one side would say, okay, I'll agree to these terms so we can stop having people die, Yeah, they would be able to solve this tomorrow. But since they don't care about those people, even though they say they do, they're going to continue the bloodshed and another side is going to continue to arm them to fight to kill more people. So it's just a mess and it's satanic. Uh, and it seems to be that we're getting worse. More and more of that's coming. And it's very similar to what happened back in Genesis 6. Yeah. So we're going to go back there again, as we always do. Since we're Bible mysteries, we try to use the Bible to figure things out. And it's not necessarily my intention to uh, give an explanation for the current events. Um, I'm not a prophet, you know. So I can't tell you the reasons behind it and what is going to ultimately happen other than what's here. But we can glean from the past And so we knew that there was something wrong with the world back in Genesis 6. We'll read it again for the benefit of our listeners. Verse 1, it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, beautiful, and they took wives of all which they chose. We talked about this at length in the past. uh, And I hope to have Ryan Peterson on again because we interviewed him uh, um, in Dallas right before his new book came out. Yes. Well, I've since read it, and now I want to talk to him again because <laughs> it was phenomenal. So I'll be reaching out to him soon, and hopefully we'll have him on again soon. But he writes at length about the, the Nephilim in, in his first book, The Judgment of the Nephilim, and uh, his new book is called The Final Nephilim, which points everything about this to the Antichrist. So we know that the sons of God were fallen angels, that the daughters of men were human beings that were given to be wives. And I believe it was in exchange for technology, for wisdom, you know, for knowledge. Uh, And I think some of the knowledge that we're currently seeing exploding today, as we talked about last week, things are getting technically very advanced. Yes. AI, you know, artificial intelligence and gene editing and that stuff. Uh, Is that coming down from on high? Mm -hmm. You know, is that coming down from angels? Uh, The Lord said... My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. So from that pronouncement, the flood came 120 years later. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And so the giants of the Nephilim, they're the hybrid offspring, as we've talked about. Now, this... Writing here leaves out a lot of details. We don't know the specifics of what was going on here, you know, and how they were doing it. Other verses lean some lend some um, evidence to that, but um, God didn't want to justify this incursion and the worship of these men and these angels that other cultures did. So He didn't give a lot of names and specifics about it. Because he, it, it was well known back in the past that this happened. Today we've forgotten all about it. Yeah. Today with giants, that's Jack and the Beanstalk. That's just a kid's tale. But the the world has un, has covered up all the evidence of giants. You know, they'll talk about dinosaur fossils all day long, but the fossils of thirty foot tall men, 
they're, they've been hidden, you know, but we used to have them. Yeah. Og of Bashan, his bed, everything was, we had them. So um, here's the legacy that we do know about this incursion. These giants were bigger in power and might, and they took over. And they controlled the world, much like the oligarchs today control the world. Okay. Okay. And it says, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, verse 5, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So it wasn't long, 120 years later, the flood came. So God's divine intervention to destroy the world with his wrath doesn't come until it gets to a point that it's so bad, yeah. he has to do it. The next one coming is going to get that bad. It's going to be like this. It repented the Lord that he'd made man on the earth. God was sorry he did it, you know, and it grieved him at his heart. God has a heart. Yeah. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I've made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So we know the story. The flood came. Noah built the ark to every kind of animal. And um, these are the generations of Noah. Now watch this in verse 9. Noah was a just man, meaning he was a righteous man, and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Perfect in his generations. The Hebrew word there is, is basically the word that we would use for genetics, his generations. He was fully human. Yeah. Only he and his wife and his sons were fully human of all the families of the earth. Otherwise, they wouldn't have got they would have gotten on the ark. Mm -hmm. So the characteristic of hybrid humans, Nephilim, is total rebellion, violence, disobedience, and no interest in God's redemption. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The the world was repopulated by those families, those three men and their wives after the flood. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Ooh. Now, it's violent now, but is it filled with violence? No. I think it's going to get that way. Ooh. It's coming. And the, God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Well, God's way was a man and a woman would marry and have a human child. Uh, a female dog and a female dog... A male dog would have a puppy. Yeah. Sorry, a female cat. <laughs> and a male cat would have a kitten. And all flesh corrupted his way, which means not only did the angels intermingle human genetics, but I think they messed with animals too. Yeah. And we talked about the word chimera. They made monsters, you know, griffins and minotaurs and hybrid things, you know, whatever. Um, so God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, and the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, who is them? The Nephilim. Okay. So they are the ones. Whether whether he was talking about the angels or not, I, I think the angels, once they did this, God judged them and, and put them in chains in the bottomless pit. But it was their children that are the them that corrupted away. And there's in the book of Enoch, we've talked about that before. They were cannibals and they they began to devour men. Uh, they would they oppressed men. They didn't care. They, they are characterized by the psychopathic mentality. Yeah. And when they were destroyed, when the Nephilim giants were destroyed in the flood and they died, their disembodied spirits became demons. So why do demons seek to possess a host body? You know, because they don't have a body of their own. Yeah. And when they get into people, they carry out their mentality, their psychosis. I believe most of the world leaders are demon controlled. And hence they're Nephilim hosts. Yeah. You know, if they're not very much themselves genetically Nephilim. You know, they and they could well be. So that's just to lay a background of where we're going with this. So last week we also talked about the Tower of Babel and Nimrod. Okay. So let's look at Nimrod again for just a moment because there's everything to believe there's evidence to believe that Nimrod himself might have been a Nephilim. So on the other side of the flood, um, the three sons of Noah were Shem, Ham, Japheth. Whenever Ham is mentioned, it's always said, and Ham is the father of Canaan. 
So remember you talked about the Canaanites last week? Yes. Something about Ham. Every time every time he's mentioned, it's like and Ham it's like and that's like they would say, you know, Scott Mitchell. And Scott is the father of Olivia. Yeah. <laughs> like if now if Olivia was like a famous movie star, <laughs> you kind of get that. Right. So what was it about Canaan that was so reputable? Well, in his case, it was disreputable. Yeah. So the giants came through him somehow. I think he might have had those latent genetic markers of the Nephilim. But in um, Ham's children, one of them was Cush, and he begat Nimrod. So uh, Nimrod, it says, and well, actually, we'll start reading in verse 6. It's Genesis 10. And the sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, and Put, and Canaan. All right? Uh, it's generally believed that the son named Cush grew into become the nation Ethiopia. Okay. And the son named Mizraim became the nation Egypt. And Put, which is P-H-U-T, so it could be Phut, or foot, but I think the H is silent. Yeah. So he, it became the country of Libya. Okay. And then Canaan, we know, is the land of Canaan. And the sons of Cush were Seba and Havilah and Sabta and Rayama and Sabtika. And the sons of Rayama were Sheba and Dedan. And Sheba became Arabia. Makes sense. Yeah. And Cush begat Nimrod. Ooh. He began to be a mighty one in the earth, and he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore, it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Now, I believe that um, men began eating animals after the flood, because the Bible says that you know they didn't eat meat before that. During the, uh, the 1,500 years before the flood, they just ate plants except for the Nephilim that ate people. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when uh, the flood ended in Genesis 9, God said, I've given you everything that moves for food. So before there were any such thing as a clean animal and an unclean animal, uh, under the law of Moses, uh, it, they could eat crawdads and bacon and all that stuff that the Jews couldn't eat later. So... Why call a guy a mighty hunter if he's just good at shooting a gazelle or even a lion? I mean, and, and surely that might have been an indication of his prowess and his strength yeah. and his might. But he was a mighty hunter before the Lord, as if God's impressed because you shot a zebra. Yeah. You know, I mean, men do that all the time. and they're Yeah, and you, you shouldn't. You know, they go to safari and they, they basically line it up right there. There he is. He's in a cage. You can shoot him. You know, big, yeah. big, mighty hunter, right? Great white hunter. Uh, but um, something about this hunting seems to be notable. So his name means rebel. He rebelled against God. It's almost like what he did was in God's face. He's a mighty hunter before the Lord. Like, look at me. I don't care what you think. Yeah. I think he was hunting men. Oh. I think he was oppressing humanity. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel and Erek and Akkad and Kalni in the land of Shinar. So the very tower of Babel was being built and orchestrated by Nimrod. Okay. I just want to clarify this. Is Cush Nimrod, or Cush had a son named Nimrod? Cush is the son of Ham, okay. and Nimrod was Cush's son. Okay, just need so that clarification. Nimrod would be the grandson of Ham. Okay. Canaan was another one of Ham's sons, and from him came giants too. But if if the, the genetic markers of Canaan lent itself to be giants in the land of Canaan, then it would make sense that other sons might have had them too. So this, the indication seems to be that the genetic marker came through Ham's wife. Okay. And therefore, all the kids they had could have had either dominant or recessive Nephilim genetics. And it's possible that when Cush begat Nimrod, he began to be a mighty hunter. Maybe he began to grow tall and big and... Okay. You know, and so, because uh, we know that centuries later, you had giants in the land of Canaan that David fought, like Goliath mm -hmm. and Og of Bashan and those kind of things. So they were around, you know, so the genetics were in the human gene pool. And uh, while God killed all the original giants, some of the genes got through. It wasn't enough to corrupt the entire bloodline of humanity so Jesus could be born. So the seed of the woman, you know, back to the Genesis 3.15 thing. But it was still there. And I think um, those traits uh, manifest themselves in those that want to be in positions of power. 
as the Nephilim were once. They once controlled the whole planet. So what do you think world leaders want? You know, they've got Nephilim traits. They, they want to be the guys in charge yeah. or, or women in charge. Now, last week when we read about the Tower of Babel, we know that the end result of that rebellion against God orchestrated by Nimrod was to scatter them abroad upon the, fin- uh, the face of all the earth. Is that how we came up with like our 12 <laughs> continents, essentially? Yeah, there, there, was, there was an indication in the Bible that um, there was another man that was born from the other son of Noah, one of the other sons of Noah, Shem. And uh, his, th- this son, grand, grand, great, 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 grandkid of Noah was uh, named Peleg, P-E-L-E-G. And it says, in his days, the earth was divided. Okay. And that means geographically. So there's reason to believe that um, at one point in history, there was just one big continent, one big landmass, and then the oceans around it. And then the continents we know today were formed when God divided the earth. And I think that's how he scattered the inhabitants as well. So one moment you're, you know, building a tower. The next moment you can't understand what everybody's saying. And so you begin to migrate away because you found the people that speak your language. And you cluster together because you can at least communicate. (laughs) And then as they began to travel, God started to split the the, the, and maybe imagine the earthquakes, you know. Yeah. And after a flood like they just had, I could imagine a lot of tectonic shifting anyway that was happening. And so Australia drifts off there and Indonesia drifts off there and Africa, whatever, they split away. So it's probably when now all that happens. Mm-hmm. So the Lord scattered them abroad uh, from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city and the name of it was called Babel. Well, we talked about... Um, Babel and Mystery Babylon. Well, back here, there's a Nimrod that built this city. There's a Nimrod in the future that's going to be associated with the Babel of the future, and that's Antichrist. Hmm. So Nimrod is literally a type of the Antichrist who will come. So we'll go to Revelation 13. We've talked about him before, but we're going to, again, refresh our listeners' memories here in Revelation chapter 13. The the pages are still so new on this new Bible that they're (laughs) hard to peel apart. Verse 1, and I stood upon the sand of the sea. And that's always a reference. You know, there's a lot of typology in the Bible. So the sea is like the sea of humanity. Okay. So you're standing on the shore observing a beast rise up out of the sea. Well, it's a man. So it's a political picture of a man rising into prominence over humanity like an Nimrod. Okay. Right? I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And this beast, when you describe that with the heads and everything, it's a dragon. It's a red dragon. But here's what's really interesting. Verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. Now, you know what a leopard looks like, spotted cat. And his feet were as the feet of a bear. And his mouth is the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So what we have is a composite-looking beast. Yeah, very off-putting. Very off-putting, yeah. And it's really the dragon with with uh, you know aspects of these other beasts. But it's a picture of political power. We've discussed in the past the four kingdoms, the four empires, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. The Babylonian Empire was characterized by a lion. Oh. Yeah, and Daniel's dreams, we'll go to that shortly here. The Persian Empire was characterized by a bear. The Greek Empire, characterized by a leopard. And the Roman Empire, the dragon. Okay. So basically, this is the Roman Empire in its mystery form of the future, which was a composite, each one built upon the next, you know, so it's a composite of all. Verse three, and I saw one of his heads, he's got seven. Um, as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed. It's a picture of how the man that will be the Antichrist, who will be part human and part Nephilim, will literally be killed by a person and raised from the dead by the dragon. And the world wondered after the beast. All the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, on which gave uh, the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast who is able to make war with him? So the beast is going to be a military leader 
among other things. And he's going to be powered by Satan, the dragon. And the world is going to worship both him as Christ and the dragon as God. Because he's going to claim he's God. Okay. Uh, Just as Jesus said, I and my father are one, the Antichrist is going to say, I and my father are one. I'm God, he's God. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, like I just described. And power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. Three and a half years. So he becomes the beast in the middle of the seven years. Because half of seven is three and a half. Yes. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Very much like Nimrod. Nimrod, mighty hunter before the Lord. I don't care what you think. I'm going to do this thing that you don't want us to do. So is this guy. And then here's the part that we alluded to last week. Remember we said in the city, Mystery Babylon would be found the blood of the saints and she'll be drunken with the blood. Well, she's aligned with the Antichrist and here's why there's blood. Verse 7, And it was given unto him, the beast, to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. So he's going to be a global leader. You know, Klaus Schwab wants us to get rid of nations and all come together. Well, who do you think is going to be the guy to step in and take over that government? The Antichrist. Right here. Now, talking about those composite beasts of the leopard and the bear and the the dragon and the lion. Well, that's from the book of Daniel. So John is basically describing the fulfillment of the prophecy of Daniel chapter 7. So we'll go to Daniel 7. There we go. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. And we'll start reading in verse 1. In the first year of King Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. And we've got to remember there's a little bit of history that people probably don't know. But Daniel was a Jew, and he was a prophet. And he was in Israel when... Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, conquered them and carried them captives. Yes. So that's how he ended up in Babylon. And uh, now it's the son of Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar. So he died, Nebuchadnezzar died, and now his son is king. And in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. And visions of his head upon his bed, then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matter. So here's the dream. Daniel spake and said, I I saw my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the great heaven strove upon the great sea, like John saw a beast rise up out of the sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Now here's where the, the dream is different than the vision John had. John saw one beast with four different aspects. Yes. Daniel sees four beasts. Okay. Because John's looking back in time because the beasts have already been, and here's the final culmination of them. Daniel's writing from the prophecy in the past before they've happened, and he's saying, I'm going to see four consecutive empires. So they haven't occurred yet. Okay. He's in one of them now, but the other three haven't occurred. 
So that's why they're four separate beasts. So he says, I saw four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion. And it had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth, and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And that's a picture of the Babylonian Empire right there. And he says, I beheld another beast, a second like to a bear. And it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. So it's a bear that likes barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> And they said, thus unto it, arise, devour much flesh. And it is the Persian Empire that defeated the Babylonian Empire. So they came after it. So the bear defeated the lion. Verse 6, after this I beheld and lo, another like a leopard. Okay. Which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl, which is a bird. And the beast had also four heads and dominion was given to it. And so that's the Greek Empire which conquered Persia. And it's interesting to note that Alexander the Great was the military leader that defeated Persia, and he died very young. How old was he? 33. Ooh. And he had no children. So he had no heir to leave his kingdom to. So he divide, the, the, the kingdom was divided between his four generals, Ooh, the four okay. heads of the leopard, Oh. and the four wings. Okay. Hundreds of years before there was a Alexander the Great. The Bible prophesied that he would be, it would come. Wowzers. Yeah. And incidentally, um, <clears throat> of the four generals, one of them was named Seleucid, and one of them was named Ptolemy, and it's P-T, so P is silent. And um, the Seleucid uh, general, when the, the northern kingdom, his whole empire was divided. He took the northern portion and basically controlled Syria and the regions north of Israel. North and south is always in, in contrast to Israel in the Bible. So south was Egypt. Ptolemy controlled Egypt. And it might be interesting for our listeners to note that uh, the Ptolemaic Empire was, a, was a, basically that Greek general moved his family to Egypt, and they controlled that region of the Greek Empire. And the daughter of that guy ended up being Cleopatra. No way. She was a Greek-Egyptian leader. That's so cool. Yeah. So, and if it wasn't his daughter, it was somewhere down the line. It was either a granddaughter or a great granddaughter, but it was, she was a Ptolemaean. Still very cool. <laughs> yeah, very cool. And then verse uh, seven uh, After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Well, this is the dragon of the book of Revelation. Okay. So there's seven heads and ten horns. He doesn't mention the seven heads here, but he mentions the ten horns. Yes. Okay. Uh, I considered the horns. And behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And in the Bible, horns are representative of power and authority. So you think of a horn like on an animal, you know, uh, it's the male stag that has the big antler rack. You know, it's the, uh, the, the rhinoceros horn that's power. It's might, you know, he can defeat the younger buck or he can whatever. So uh, the horns are representative of power. So they're kings. And this one king, the little one that came up before uh, three of them, he said he had the eyes like a man and a mouth speaking great things. And that's a picture of the Antichrist. So he's going to rise to power in the dragon kingdom because the dragon gives the power to the beast. Now, if we skip down to verse 21, this is the dream, right? So we're, we're um, trying to get the interpretation of the dream. <clears throat> and... Um, Verse 20 says, And of the ten horns that were in his head, the head of this beast, uh, and of the other which came up and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows, I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. Just what we read in Revelation. Yeah. It's the Antichrist. He's that horn of the dragon kingdom. Uh, I, he beheld, he said, he prevailed against them, the saints, 
until the ancient of days came. And the word ancient in the King James Bible here is capital A. So that means it's a proper noun. It's somebody. Who is the ancient of days came? Judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, capital H, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. So the ancient of days is Christ because he's going to come back to destroy the Antichrist. Yes. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. I truly believe that the Great Reset could very well be setting the stage for this kingdom. It's already in play. I mean, the mystery Roman Empire is in effect. The mystery of iniquity has been spiritually working for years. Yes. <clears throat> but this kingdom will eventually come to its culmination where it controls the whole earth. It stamps the residue. It's marked by violence. And the violence in particular is directed at the saints. Okay? So he says, It shall tread the whole earth down, devour the whole earth. And tread it down and break it in pieces. It's a Nephilim kingdom. Just like Genesis 6. Yes. It's like Nimrod in the type of defiance against God. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And another shall rise after them and shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings. So that, that, those ten kings are going to be Nephilim too. Hybrids. And I think it's possible that some of these Somebody till alive today could be one of them. You know, a Nephilim hybrid could be uh, um, a corporate oligarch. I, I'm not going to point fingers. I don't know if it's yeah. a Mark Zuckerberg or an Elon Musk <laughs> or a Jeff Bezos yeah. or a George Soros or something like that, but they're going to be powerful, which means they have money, right? Uh, <clears throat> although Zuckerberg is a redhead. <laughs> we talked about gingers last week. <laughs> And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints with persecution uh, of the Most High and think to change times and laws. And we're seeing that now, changing times and laws. Now, I don't think he means like national laws. It's the laws of God. Yeah. Like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. So what are the laws of God? Well, humans should produce humans is one law that God set in effect, you know. Uh, and when the angels violated that in the past, he chained him in the bottomless pit. Yes. So this guy's going to do something like that too. And uh, so we talk about gene, gene editing and artificial intelligence and the Great Reset. Everything's pointing to this, you know. And they shall be given into his hand, meaning the the the, the saints. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I have to drink some water. I know I got some like something in my nose. There's definitely something in my throat. They shall be given into his hand, the persecuting of saints. It says until a time and times and the dividing of times. And if we make a time a year, then one time is one year, times is two years, so that makes three years. And the dividing of times is half a year. And Revelation said 42 months, three and a half years. Okay. <clears throat> and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped a verse, 26. But the judgment shall sit, meaning his judgment, God's wrath, he'll be destroyed. And they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it unto the end. So the great reset won't last. It won't work. They're going to try, but Christ is going to come back and destroy it. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven, Christ's kingdom that's coming, shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, the very ones that were ostracized and persecuted. <clears throat> whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions shall serve and obey him. The Ancient of Days, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm indicating that the Great Reset may be setting the stage for this. Okay. You know, <clears throat> it seems to be, it has the uh, markings of a global government, government Babylon, uh, men being in positions of power. We didn't investigate one of the terms of the three things of the Great Reset. We talked about one of them, the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Yes. But there was another one called stakeholder capitalism. Yeah, what is that? Yeah. So the, the um, shareholder capitalism is where a corporation sells public stock and the shareholders say, we want to make money. 
So we want to make sure that the corporation is profitable. So they want to, you know, they govern the corporation on the basis of profit because if they don't, if the stock doesn't go up, they don't make money. So their decisions are based on that. Now, sometimes that's good, but sometimes it's maybe not so good. Uh, stakeholder capitalism, in a brief nutshell, is there's more than just shareholders involved. Governments are involved. Uh, the, the customers are involved and everything. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. You're basically saying, who are the stakeholders? Okay. Ultimately, it can't be everybody. You know, you're going to have, you're going to give every single person a voice. You'd never get anything done. I mean, somebody once said a, a zebra is a horse designed by a committee, right? Yeah. Or maybe it was a camel. <laughs> a camel is a horse. You get too many cooks and you ruin the soup. Yeah. Well, imagine if your cooks were billions of people. Shareholder capitalism means everybody has a stake. Or excuse me, stakeholder capitalism means everybody has a stake. So there's no way that everybody's voice could be represented in yeah. a single company. Although right now, woke capitalism is another term for it. So companies are trying to make decisions based upon the appearance of yeah. you think we're green, you think we're inclusive, you, we want you to think that. But there's still some people controlling the strings mm -hmm. to make a profit. Yeah. All right? They wouldn't do it if they didn't make a profit because the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes. So it's kind of a lie. Stakeholder capitalism is shareholder capitalism. It's corporatism with a few people involved trying to make you think that they're green or they're sustainable or whatever. But in reality, it's putting people in positions of power to manipulate things in the direction they want to go, like artificial intelligence, gene editing, the fourth industrial revolution. So essentially, it's another way of bringing about you'll own nothing and be happy. It's part of it. Okay. okay. From the Great Reset. Well, in the, in the world of the Antichrist, you cannot buy or sell unless you take the mark of the beast. So if you're going to own nothing and be happy, yeah, you're talking about being a part of that financial system. Incidentally, um, back to this thing about the war in Ukraine, um, sanctions that our country or other nations impose on Russia, for example, <clears throat> doesn't really hurt Russia because there's a financial system in place called SWIFT, and it's, it allows nations to trade with each other. It's way over my head to understand or explain it. But the dominant currency that governs the SWIFT transactions is the U.S. dollar. Okay. Okay. So in order for Russia to sell oil to Germany, it's sold in petrodollars, oil dollars. Okay. Because Germany uses a euro and Russia uses a ruble and... Rubles aren't any good to me in Germany. Yeah. You know, euros aren't any good to Russians. So the U.S. dollar becomes the default currency, and that's how trades are done. And then they can take their U.S. dollars and convert them to Deutschmarks, or, or I'm sorry, euros. <laughs> Germans, <laughs> yeah. all Europe uses euros except for Britain. <laughs> and then the dollars can be converted to rubles again. Well, Putin's not an idiot. You know, he may be a bully, but he's not stupid. So... He knows, okay, well, if they sanction us and we can't use U.S. dollars, we'll, we'll go to another currency. They're building their own SWIFT system. And they're going to be able to trade on another currency rather than the U.S. dollar. Well, who's on board with them right now? Well, China, India, Brazil, Iran, North Korea, and Saudi Arabia even is going to get involved. And, and Israel will too. Mark my words. They will. And when they do... The yuan, maybe, the Chinese yeah. currency, will become the dominant currency. And when that happens, watch the United States economy collapse. I mean completely, and we go back to being a third world country. It's going to yeah. happen. It's coming. That's what this war is about. Yeah. To stop that from happening, because the satanic global elite that's controlling the American hegemony doesn't want to lose their power, but the satanic global elite controlling the Russian-Chinese hegemony wants the power. That's what's coming. God puts down one and he puts up another. So I believe if there's not a nuclear war, that's the next thing that's going to happen. You know? But the, the satanic global elite running the American hegemony are so idiotic and so evil, they may launch the nukes to stop this from happening.
Yeah. They're that greedy. So it, they don't care who they kill. Because if they're Nephilim controlled, they just assume kill us all. Yeah. You know? Okay. So anyway, Revelation 6. All of that to say that we might be on the precipice of this right now. Don't know for sure. But when John is carried up to heaven to write the book of the Revelation, and he begins to write all that we've just talked about so far, like the beast and Babylon mystery and all that stuff, when he first goes up to heaven, he sees what's in heaven, and um, he begins to write what he sees. And at some point, Jesus is there on a throne, and there's given him a book, and he begins to open the seals of the book. So each time seals are opened, something happens on the earth. So it starts in Revelation 6, verse 1. I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. Now I'm going to ask you, Zena, you've probably heard of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yes. Okay. It comes from this. Really? Yeah. It comes from Genesis 6. Okay. Okay. So I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. It's possible that's a description of the Antichrist, but it could also be Jesus himself, as if to say, he's now getting ready for battle. You know, he's, he's, he's now mounted his horse. He's been seated at the right hand of God for 2,000 years. This might be the indication that it's time. Okay. It's time to come back, and he's getting his armies ready. You know, getting on a horse and going to conquer implies you're about to engage in battle. Okay. Verse 3. And when, now that's just seen in heaven. But now, when he'd opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. And power was given to him that, there, that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. So the red horse is war. Well, there's been wars on this planet forever. So this must be a unique war, something that's going to take peace from the earth, a world war. We're on the, the edge of a world war right now Yeah. with Ukraine and Russia. So is it possible that the red horse is mounted up and this stuff is going on, you know? I wouldn't doubt it. If it does, then, and that financial collapse happens think of the supply chains how they were impacted with the covid pandemic and there were shortages in the stores yeah. and all that stuff well what if it collapsed completely and there's no supply and you can't buy any food in the stores i'm gonna die yeah so this war watch the next one verse five and when he opened the third seal i heard the third beast say come and see and i beheld uh, and lo a black horse and he that sat on it had a pair of balances in his hand, scales. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. A penny was a day's wage. Okay. A measure of wheat is like a handful of flour. Working all day to have a handful of flour. No, Eco not Economic for me. collapse. Economic collapse right there, which will happen if we have a third world war. And when he'd opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, come and see. And I looked and behold, a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. And so it seems like these Four things follow, these three things follow after each other. If Jesus is the man on the white horse, he's mounting up and getting ready to come back. And on the earth, we've got war and then famine and then death as a result of all this. Then it seems like the great reset is on us. Yeah. It seems like it could be that it's about to happen. And then the next thing you see in the fifth seal, there's the souls of them that were slain under the altar asking God, how long are you going to avenge our blood? The saints, the blood of the saints, the persecution of believers. We're probably going to be blamed for this. Christians are going to be blamed for the, the catastrophes on the earth somehow. 
because we wouldn't take the poke. Yeah. Or we wouldn't submit to the new great reset system of you'll own nothing and like it, you know, whatever. So it's very possible. And we're really out of time. I think I went long, actually. Let me check my time. Oh, yeah. Way long. So uh, we're really out of time. Um, but what we'll do is we'll end here. And we're going to talk next week about... Uh, actually, I think we're going to do a part three. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have to do a part three because I think I've got enough left to discuss here that we don't want to leave it out uh, because I want to give some folks some hope in all this. <laughs> yes, that'd be nice. <laughs> and uh, that hope will include the fact that um, you won't have to worry if you're in Christ. He may be going after the saints, the Antichrist is. But remember that we today are going to be delivered from the wrath to come in the event called the rapture. Yes. So while the persecution may start before the Antichrist comes after us, we won't be there for that one. We might still see a war. We might still see shortages. We might still see the beginnings of the Great Reset. But we're not going to go into the time of tribulation. If you want to avoid that, you need to have a relationship with the Son of God. The one who's getting on the white horse is your only hope. Yeah. You know? So anyway, I thank you guys for listening today. And Zena, thank you as always. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for coming and joining and hanging out with us and listening to the podcast every week. We really do appreciate the views yes, and you guys listening. And if you do enjoy what you are listening to, please like and share. Leave a comment down below. And if you are excited to hear more about hope, you someone leave a comment, part three, and everyone like it. <laughs> That's right, because we need we need the hope, right? Yes, we do need the hope very good well we'll we'll share that with you next week and then we're gonna maybe after that episode we'll get into the thing about revisiting gog and magog okay because there is going to have to be a battle of some point where israel is invaded and god's going to deliver them and so it could be that amongst the war that seems to be brewing right now are possibilities that this thing is forming where israel is going to be attacked it's hard to tell but we'll dig into that Okay. All right. So thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at UTBNow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.